powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey, Cricket customers. Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice! Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams in standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Amen. Amen. Lift your giving. Now, Siri wants to work now. It's Sunday, it started calling people in church. Lift your... Bible says, let's make our confession of faith together. I'm in my year of Jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. So, God, we tell you we are open. Come on, Wednesday. And we are ready. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Come on, open up your mouth. Say, I will not be distracted. I will lock in and hear everything God has for me tonight in Jesus' name. Let's go to work. So listen, if you're online, I need you to share. When you share, people get saved. Those of you in the building, you can share too if you haven't already done that. When you share, people get saved. We have a goal this year of 2,023 decisions of people that give their lives to the Lord. And I need you to hear me. I told you we meet goals around here. We met it and exceeded it last year. And I believe we're going to meet it and exceed it this year. Come on, everybody, open up your mouth. Say, do it, Lord, do it. So this series graphic, the series we're in this month is called Jubilee. And the series graphic is the way that it is because it is literally like a whiteboard. And a whiteboard is something that you'll often see in offices. It's something that you'll see in a boardroom. It's something where you will see where people will begin to write down certain things that they are planning, certain things that they are working on, certain things that they want to make happen. And here's what's amazing about the whiteboard. If ever something needs to be changed, watch me, it's not that big of a deal. All I got to do is just wipe that thing off and I'm able to put something new there. What are you trying to tell me? Don't be afraid this year because God has set this year up for you. Everything will be celebration. Everything will be emancipation and everything will be restoration. I need you not to be afraid of failure this year. Why? All I got to do is wipe that off and start over. Y'all 
I need you not to be afraid of things not going the way you want. All you got to do is wipe that up and start over. I need you not to be afraid of it. What if they don't like my idea? Wipe it off and start over. I need you not to walk in fear this year because a jubilee year means that God's going to give you the opportunity. If something don't go right, all you got to do is wipe that thing off and start over. And I need you not to be afraid of starting over because if God be for you, tell me who would be against you. Three things this year to expect. Number one, it is uh, celebration. Celebration means win or win for you. There are only two options for you this year. You're going to win. The other option is similar. You're going to win. If they like you, you win. If they don't like you, you win. If they accept it, you win. If they don't accept it, you win. If they support you, you win. If they don't support you, it's a better win because I did it without your support. Come on, I need you to speak this over here and say, it's win or win for me. Second thing to expect is emancipation. You will have no restrictions from your prior years of life. I do not care what did not work in any prior year. Those restrictions are not on you. I don't care what you thought. Oh, I can't do it because of my credit. That restriction is not on you this year. I can't do it because I don't have the money. That restriction... Is not on you this year. I don't care. Uh, uh, so and so doesn't like me. That restriction is not on you. That's their problem with you. That's not your problem with yourself. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I have no restrictions. I have. No, I need you to get that one deep down on the inside because you've let stuff block you, stop you, shut you down, shut you up, push you back. But we're not doing that this year. I need you to fist bump somebody close to you and tell them, say, so you have no restrictions. Number three, restoration. Whenever God restores something, this means he gives it back to you better than it was in the first place. Hear me. This is going to be a year better than any previous year of your entire life. Come on. I'll preach to my own self. This is going to be a year better than any previous year of your entire life. In fact, matter of fact, let me write on the whiteboard exactly what this year is going to do for you. You say, Bishop, what is that? I just went up and I went to the right. Up means increase. To the right means over time. This entire year, you are going to increase over time. Open up your mouth. Please, one more time. Say, this is my jubilee year. Now, now watch this. In this jubilee year, I taught you this, that Jesus was literally restrictive in what he could do for 30 years until he hit a jubilee year. Now, I'm going to say that really slow because I don't think that we really understand the gravity of the statement. Two reasons. One, the Bible says that you could not walk in the priesthood until you were at the age of 30. Um, but that's not the only limitation because Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek for my Bible readers, not after the order of the Levitical priesthood, which means that he was not bound to the laws of Torah, although he kept the laws of Torah because his priesthood predated the laws of Torah. Okay. All right. Number two, watch me. He literally was born at the exact right time. So that when he hit the age he could move forward, that it would also be a jubilee year. Let me make this clear for you. Everything in your life has been strategic and specific. You have been held back from certain things, not as punishment, but so that it wouldn't be as hard for you. 
Why? Because if you were trying to do it outside of a jubilee year, you were not going to have celebration. You were not going to have emancipation. You were not going to have restoration. What am I trying to tell you? You were born at the right time, at the right place, in the right city, to the right people. You, everything about your life, God says, Psalm 37, 23, I have ordered your steps so that when you step into this jubilee year, this thing is about to take off for you. I need you to just fist bump somebody close to you. Say, it's about to take off for you. It's your business is taking off. Your family's taking off. Your friend group is taking off. This is going to be the first year you have a circle full of people that are like you. You ain't no punk. You're iron. Iron sharpens iron. You need some iron around you. This is going to be the first year. That Come on, open up your mouth Wednesday. Say, it's taking off for me. In Luke 4.19, Jesus' first message, this is Dr. Luke recording. Luke was a Gentile physician. He says these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Luke 4.19, the end of his statement says this. To proclaim the year, shut up, of the Lord's favor. A.K.A. a jubilee year. Jesus' first message was to get up and tell the people, I'm here because it's jubilee. Okay, make sure you sit next to somebody that's not confused about what this year is. How will I know? If because they, if they look confused right now, I don't need you talking to them no more the rest of the Thank God for them, but don't talk to them no more. I need when you look at them that they look like they've got an expectation that at any moment, what I've been praying for for years could... In other words, I'm here and I'm still alive because this is my jubilee year. I couldn't die from the pandemic because I had to live to get to Jubilee. I couldn't give up because I had to survive into Jubilee. I couldn't throw in the towel because I had to survive into Jubilee. You couldn't forfeit your assignment because you had to survive until Jubilee. You had to be alive to make it to Jubilee. I'll say it again. The car accident was stopped. Look at me. Because God says he has to make it. The relationship you consider taking your own life over because this one person didn't want you. You could not take your life because you had to wait until Jubilee. You ready? So your right fit could show up. You needed to deal with all of your counterfeits before you got to Jubilee. So when you got to Jubilee, God would be able to send you what? Okay. You're going to shout Jubilee when I count to three. If you don't believe it, don't say nothing. But for the rest of us, say it so that the enemy knows we got you, punk. You should have got us when you had us. You should have stopped us from crossing over. But it's too late now. On three. One, two, three. Jubilee. So Jesus was literally held back and he could not go for it. Look at me. He had the power to heal. God didn't let him heal. He had the power to turn water into wine. God didn't let him do it. He had the power to heal blinded eyes. God did not let him do anything he had prepared for and had the power to do until he got to a jubilee year. And for some of you, you better hear me. God has given you ample time to get ready because everything that he has allowed you to prepare for and given you the power to do. Watch me. This is going to be the year that you do it. 
You didn't understand why you were doing certain things in your previous year. Let me talk to some of you. You don't even understand why you went to college for what you went to college for. You're about to find out why this year. I don't like your silence. There's several things that were held back, several things that could not happen until you got to a jubilee year. Sunday's message was called A Land Flowing with Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey. This, this is what the Bible described the promised land as. Now, this is interesting because he says this land flows with it. Now, for you and I, anytime we read anything about a promised land, it's not a piece of land for us. It is a life. Got it? So when we see promised land, for us, it's a promised life. What is that? It's a life of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. These two things take care of everything. Why? Because if I have milk, that means I have livestock. If I have livestock, that means that I have food. If I have food, that means, watch me, I also have the hide from the livestock, which means I have clothing. And if I have clothing, this means that I need to sell clothes so I have business. If I have business, this means I have finance. Watch me. Honey is not just for food. Honey is an antiseptic. Come on here. You can put honey on wounds. Y'all better talk to me. I can eat it. I can heal from it. Watch me. I can even use it as uh, something for my skin to keep my skin... Which means if I got milk and honey, I got everything that I need. I need you to look at somebody and say, it's a milk and honey kind of year. It's... Oh, yeah, I got everything that I need. All you see is milk and honey, but baby, I see a business. I see a life. I see. Yep. You ready? He says, the, the promised land is a land that flows with milk and honey. And it's about the life of the land that Hebrews are supposed to take. And God makes him this promise in Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. He says, see, I'm sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey. Look at me. You cannot escape the journey. And many people, watch me, your challenge is that you're wanting to escape a journey you cannot escape. You're wanting to avoid pain, not realizing that the only way to get to promise is through pain because that's part of the journey. I cannot say I'm going into my promised land, yet I do nothing to move from my present predicament. See, I am sending an angel before you to go protect you on your journey and lead you safely. In other words, God's going to make sure not only do you get to the place he's ordained, he's going to make sure that you get there safely. Pay attention. This is why there are certain people that on your journey, since you wouldn't dismiss them, God did. Why? They were a liability, not an asset. You better talk to me. I want to thank God for every person that, watch me, that God said, I'm going to kick them to the curb since you won't. Why? Because I got to get you there safely. And if they're on your boat, they're going to be a Jonah on your boat. And your boat's going to be shaking and rocking and rocking and shaking. And I need to dismiss them. Why? Because you're going to get there and you're going to get there safely. Got it? Okay, everybody look at me. Everybody say these words. Say thank you. I don't need you mad at anybody. I don't need you bitter at anybody. I don't need you frustrated at anybody. I don't need you cussing nobody out. I don't need you sending crazy texts. I don't need you doing none of that. I just need you to say thank you. Because God will sometimes do for you what you will not do. Because God says you're going to get there and you're going to get there safely. You ready? He says you're going to get there safely to the land or the place I have prepared for you. Which means this is already prepared. Look at me. It's not getting ready. You're getting ready to go to it. I'm going to say it again to see if the people in the back get it. God's not getting ready to do it. He's already prepared it. You getting ready to go get what? 
listen, if you think about, if you're getting ready to go to the mall, you get up or you go shopping or whatever, you get up, you're getting ready. The, the store already has everything you're going to the mall for. They got the clothes laid up. Everything's already there. But it's already prepared for you. All you have to do is get dressed, get ready, get in your car, get your journey to go into the lot, to then enter into the place, to walk up to the door that will open for you when you get to the door to go get what's already prepared for you. What I'm trying to tell somebody is, watch me, God's already done the hard part. I just need you to go get what's already which means you're going to need some endurance. Touch your neighbor's shoulder. Say, I pray for your endurance. I pray that you don't grow weary in warfare. But I pray that you will last. I'm just going to get my milk. Listen, ain't no cow at the grocery store. There are no bees at the grocery store. Everything I need has already been prepared. Look at me. It's already been packaged. Watch this. So I can carry it with me. In other words, what are you trying to say, Bishop? Is that God is going to make this thing so easy. You're going to look at it and say, wow. Why didn't I do this before? You couldn't have done it before because it wasn't a jubilee year. Say milk and honey. Come on, talk, y'all. Say milk and honey. So watch the scripture. So watch the scripture. The scripture says, <laughs> you ready? Verse 22. But if you're careful to obey him, who's the him? The angel. What have I taught you in our last December series? An angel is a human or a heavenly messenger. So this year, every message you get, and not just this year, but, but in perpetuity, forever, every message you get is God giving you instructions. So you can't treat it common. Hear me, Harvest, especially if you've been around for a minute, you are used to eating good. And because you're used to eating good, you begin to treat it common. If, if you always eating at Ruth's Chris, watch me, or, you know, let me not endorse restaurants. If you're already eating, if you're always eating at, okay, you can say the restaurants, which I like to eat. Ruth's Chris. Longhorns. Which one you go to? Because I ain't no, listen. Okay, listen. Okay. What, what's that? Somebody? Papa Do's, Benihana, Texas Roadhouse, Te Texans, Eddie, Eddie Bye. Listen. I'm not supposed to talk about brands over the pulpit, but. My cousin said, he said, Bishop, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And we went to a particular restaurant with a particular person's name and the last initial. And I'm like, okay, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I ordered the food. I'm famished. I ain't ate all day. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. And the girl, she, she talks it up. Oh, sir, you're going to love it. I'm like, come on, baby girl, bring me this food. It's about to go down. I took a bite. I said, Run me over here to, uh, and this is $50? No, baby, let me come in the back. I can't even cook, but let me come back here and do something. <laughs> and they're going to have them but adobo and pepper on it, but I bet you it's going to be better than this. Listen. All right, everybody pay attention. Everybody pay attention. Look at me. You ready? All right, look. He says, he says, I need you to follow his instructions. 
I need you to follow his instructions. Then I'm going to be an enemy to your enemies, and I'm going to oppose those who oppose you. Now, pay attention. When you're used to eating good, what happens is that you be can begin to treat it common. So you no longer listen for instructions. You, you're, you're only listening, watch me, for responses. And I need you to be careful, Harvest, because watch me. You cannot be guilty of not making it to your prepared place because every time you got an instruction, all you did was respond, but you never respected what you heard. I need you to touch the person next to you and say, put some respect on this word. Come on. Because God says, if you are careful to obey him and follow all my instructions, I will be an enemy to your enemies. I will oppose those who oppose you. So what happens after that? They wander in circles for 40 years. Then Moses dies. After Moses dies, look at me, God only gives them 30 days to mourn. Some of you are still mourning people that have been gone for years. And I don't just mean natural death. I'm talking about friendships. You're still talking about people that haven't been around for years. Why are they still a subject of conversation? God only let them mourn Moses was the only leader that they had known for years. He was the only one they had known. God says, you got 30 days and you better get your behind up and keep it moving. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I declare your mourning has to end today. I declare your grief has to end today. I, we ain't talking about that no more. We're not mourning over that. We're not grieving over that. Touch somebody next to you. Say, get over over it quickly Moses dies then they cross the Jordan River when they cross the Jordan River Joshua is the leader it's different than when Moses was the leader when Moses was the leader Moses lifts his hands and the Red Sea parts when Joshua is the leader the Bible says that they have to step into the Jordan before the Jordan will part for them and for some of you watch me you're treating this new challenge like it is a previous challenge now recognize when this one is going to require you to get in there this one's going to require you to be more aggressive than you were with the last one. This one's going to require you to pray a little bit more than you did the last one. This one is going to require you to forgive some people you have determined you did not want to forgive. This one's going to require you to do more. But to move much is given, much is required. If I got to do more, that means I'm about to get more. They cross the Jordan River, then they spy out Jericho in Joshua chapter 2. So Joshua sends these spies to go spy out the first one of the first places that they're going to take over. Uh, he sends them to Jericho. Pay attention. They spy it out in Joshua chapter 2, but they don't take possession until Joshua chapter 6. There are four chapters that pass by. Why? Because they could not take Jericho until after Joshua cut them. And cut in the scripture means to prune. Let's go Bible. Joshua 5 and 7. So Joshua circumcised their sons, the ones who had grown up to take their father's place. Look at me. The sons represent the new you. Okay, pay attention. There was one version of you that got you to one place. But now there has to be an evolution of you that takes you into your next place. The you that you were was good enough to get you to where you are, but where you're going requires a new you. I wish I had some people that weren't afraid to let go of who they used to be, let go of who they used to talk to, let go of how they used to act. Why? I don't want me holding me back. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, don't hold yourself back. So look at John 15 and 2. This is Jesus speaking. He says, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So God says, if you don't bear fruit, I don't fool with you. 
Okay, so, 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 so here goes your branch. You ready? God says, if you're not bearing fruit, go on. Go on now. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to deal. I, listen, I'm not doing that. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. He says, um, those who had grown up to take, or, come on, give me my scripture, please. In John 15, it says, and every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, let's go. He prunes it so it can bear more fruit. Jesus Christ. Come on, open up your mouth. Say, I've been picked because I've already been productive. So God says, once you're productive and once you're producing, what I'm going to do, see, if you weren't doing anything, watch me, I wouldn't mess with you. Let me help some of y'all. It seemed like so-and-so ain't nothing ever going on in their life. That's a sign he's not dealing with them. Because the scripture says in John 15 too, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. In other words, God says, I'm not fooling with you. But every branch that does bear fruit, what does he do? Give me some scissors. What does he do? Give me a knife or some scissors. What does he do? He says, I'm going to start cutting stuff away from you. You cut it up. I'm going to start cutting some stuff. Where are my scriptures? I'm going to start cutting some stuff. Somebody better get something together. I'm going to start cutting some stuff. I'm going to... I'm going to cut some stuff. I'm going to cut your little attitude. Because you think somebody owe you something. So I'm going to cut that. Okay, I'm going to watch me. You run your mouth too much. I'm going to cut that off. Shut up sometimes. You talk too doggone much. You think that because you have an opinion that it's valid. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I know in today's culture, everybody think they got it, but I have a voice. Yeah, your voice is only valid if your voice has been given validity in the room into which your voice is in. That's why, watch me, when they were accusing Jesus, he sat there silent. Why? Because Jesus said, what you have to say about me has nothing to do with who I really am. Some of you need to stop learning to, res to not respond to everybody and to everything. Everything doesn't need to be treated. Everything doesn't need to be dealt with. Everything doesn't need to be handled. Touch your neighbor say, he's pruning you. Let me get rid of your codependency because you can't never do nothing without your friends. Put it up. Look, let me, he says, you, you, can't, you can't never do nothing unless your friends come with you. So I'm going to put you in some situations where they can't come. Because it's, it's too many group projects. Okay? Okay? Yeah, yeah, you depend too much on what your family thinks, and they ain't got nothing know-how. Let me. You sitting here trying to please, watch me. You're sitting here trying to please people that literally don't have a window? Huh? Okay. You only pray when you're going through something. I'm going to put you in something. But you're going to have to pray all the time. I'll put pressure on you until I get prayer out of you. Since you think praising me is a chore, oh, I know how to cut you. I'll cut you to where you don't even have words. The only thing you got is praise. Let's stop. Is there anybody in this building or online where you've ever gone through some things in life where you literally didn't know what to pray or what to say, so the only thing you had was a... I dare you to take a five-second praise break right there. Five, four, three, two... 
What? Come on, open your mouth and say, he's pruning me. You, 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 you call yourself a planner. You're really a control freak. He been cutting. And he's not cutting you because you're not producing. He's cutting you because he says, last time I cut you, you produced. And since you're a producer, the only way I can keep you from not, uh, from continuing to be a producer is I have to cut things off of you that are overgrown, that are dead, that are stale, that are unnecessary, that are holding you back. Because is this all you want to be? Because you're looking a little janky. Because while you're trying to keep this, I'm trying to make you. I'm trying to make you fruitful. Now you can look like little janky over here, or you can be fruitful. Touch your neighbor and tell them you're going to be fruitful this year. This was the 2020 you. Yeah, this was the 2021 you. This was the 2022 you. But in 23, I'm living in my land of milk and honey. I am fruitful. I am productive. If I touch it, it's going to produce something. If I speak to it, it... Come on, fist bump somebody next to you and say, you're going to be fruitful this year. And the only reason I'm cutting you is because I see progress in you. You know what ticks me off? Let me help y'all. Correction is a gift that is given to those that are loved. And the old you, let me prophesy, call things that be not. Is the only word? Is you think correction, why are you always saying something to me? I'll hit you in the face. Because you're the one producing. I'm not bothering with them because they're not a producer. I'm bothering with you because you're a producer. Why don't you see the cut as a compliment instead of copping an attitude? Huh? Just somebody next to you say the cut is a compliment. No coach. No coach. No coach bothers. No coach bothers with his players that ain't doing nothing. Does the coach ever go into the B team and say, come on, guys? No. Coach don't even know half the B team players' names. He goes to his top producers, and those are the ones he's harder on. Those are the ones he says, no, I don't like, no, don't do it like that. Say it like this. Why are you always saying something to me? You didn't say nothing to her. You don't know what I said, so number one, mind your business. Number two, I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you, and right now I'm going to cut your behind. Why? Because I see you producing, and I know you can produce more. And by the time this is done, you're going to say thank you. You ready? I said, are you ready? You only get cut because you're producing. It is a compliment. Look at the scripture. Look at it right there. Every branch, I'm preaching, Nathaniel. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, God says, I ain't fooling with you. 
You ain't going to send nothing to him? No. For what? You're not a producer. Why would I spend my producing oil on your non-producing behind? I'm trying to help some of y'all. Because you don't even understand. You're like, oh, they always picking on me on my job. You're the producer. You're the producer on your job. They know you're the only one in that whole department that's a worth a dime. You know you're the only one in that whole department that's a worth a dime. So the reason a manager is on you because they know you're about to run the branch. Who am I? You ready? Come on. He says, but the ones that bear some fruit, he's going to cut you. So the question becomes, Bishop, what is he cutting off for me? Favorite scripture, favorite scripture. First thing he's going to cut off for you is the asinine. The asinine. Favorite scripture. Deuteronomy 22, 10. First thing he's going to cut off for you is asinine things. Look at the scripture. Deuteronomy 22, 10. This was so important to God that God made it a commandment. Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. You are an ox. An ox was a special designation of cattle that had proven they could handle more. Look at me, especially for you single people. Let me help you. What you look like with your ox self, with they trifling, what you look like with your good credits? Okay, y'all ain't gonna turn on to me. Y'all ain't gonna say on to me. Y'all ain't gonna say on to me. What you look like with your spiritual self? How you gonna get a man that's watch me? That's a twin size to cover you as a queen? He ain't even spiritual, and you talk. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Preach, Bishop. I think I will. You look a mess. Like a whole mess. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. What do you look like? You go to work every day. I wish you would let them be sitting there while you get yourself out there and work. What do you look like? And they talking about, I'll see you when you get back. You better get your blessed assurance up out this house while we both leave. Because you ain't going to be here while I ain't here. Ain't nobody going to be in the house if I ain't in the house. You have to preach these things. What you look like loving God and they ain't even saved. You working on it. You mean to tell me, listen, baby, ain't no loving that good to where I'm going to treat God like a square to honor a human being that doesn't love my God. Let's move. The word plow there, Hebrew, language of our Old Testament. Here's what the Bible says, and here's, this is bigger than animals. And how do you know because of the word plow? It means thou shalt not be with an ass. Thou shalt not build with an ass. Thou shalt not plan with. Go back, please. Thou shalt not plan with an ass. 
Some of you sitting up making plans with people that never turn into anything. It's an indication of the type of animal you're planning with. The plan never turns into anything because you do your part, they never do their part. Therefore, the Bible says once you discover what they are, stop planning with them. Kick them out the group. You ready? Thou shalt not conspire. Listen to this. This is what the definition of this word is. Thou shalt not conspire to be silent about what you should go to a superior about. That's what the definition of plow means. It says you don't sit up and decide with two people. What, watch me. You don't conspire with them about what we're not going to tell the leader. Come on, let's go. Next part. Next part. Next part. Next part. Thou shalt not quit what you were committed to with. Some of you are like, I don't know why I feel like quitting. Because you were talking to asses. Let's go there. And they ass ain't never finished nothing. They ass don't never do nothing. So now they trying to get you to be an ass to be with they ass so that both of y'all ass won't do nothing. I'm not cussing. This is why you better protect who you let around me. If you're not telling me to fight, I don't want to hear you. If you're not telling me to press, I don't want to hear you. If you're not telling me to go for it, I don't want to hear you. I just found out I'm an ox and you are an... Sometimes when I have, you know, human moments, and we all have human moments, and there's one of, one of two, two people that I would call. And uh, you know what's crazy? Is even in my little human moment, I know it's not gonna last long. I just, you know, I'm a human being. I like to have human moments every now and then. Every now and then. And so one of them, I called, I called him a few weeks ago. And I said, and, you know, I said, have my little human moment. He said, okay. So what are we gonna do about that? I said, well, I was kind of hoping you was gonna let me have a little bit more time. He said, no, baby, we get up, we fight, we fight. All we need to do is figure out how we're going to fight this one through. I said, see, that's why you are ox and I'm an ox, and that's why we do ox stuff together. And I pray in your 23, God give you some ox where you can do ox stuff together. That even when you want to have a negative moment, they're going to be like, well, call me back once you didn't cry your tears. Because I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to shed no tears. No, I'm not going to cry. I ain't got the time because that's not worth my tears. We're about to get up and we're about to fight. Look, look at the last two definitions of this word plow. Ignore leadership's direction with. This was deep to me. So the leader said A, they say B. Bible says, if you say B, you are asked to me. Because the leader say A. Ready? So what is God doing in your life right now? Anything he identifies as asinine, he's cutting it off. You ready? Asses can be big. So sometimes he cuts what you think you need and who you've grown so comfortable around. Because he says that's the reason you haven't gotten what you want is because they're still attached. A, B. Here's what you got to cut. Let's move. I'm preaching. Bitterness. 
First thing he's going to cut is asinine. Second thing he's going to cut is bitterness. Say bitterness has, to go. bitterness has to go. Now, I know what most people think, Bishop, I am not bitter. The way you said bitter. All that, ex all that extra treble in your voice. Bitterness is the residue of a past experience. Pay attention. Bitterness is like invisible strings. It controls you. See, you'll think Sesame Street characters are real until you see the strings. You're not knowing the movie Godfather, that the imagery of Godfather is literally a puppeteer playing strings because they think they're in control. They don't even realize they're being controlled by people who aren't even in the scene. And for some of you, you're being controlled by people who aren't even in the scene of your life anymore. They're controlling you because now you don't trust nobody. It was them that was the problem. Why are you pay, making new people pay for old people's mistakes? Y'all still with me? Here's bitterness. It's fermenting unforgiveness. So when you ferment something, that means you make it alcoholic, which means bitterness makes you act like a drunk. And what do you do when you're drunk? Stuff that when you are not drunk, you say, did I do that? So how do you know that many people are still bitter? It's because once they wake up from the drunkenness of the bitterness, they're like, did I say that? Did I do that? Did I act like that? I did not intend to be that way. Come on, lift both of your hands in this building and online. Say, I release all bitterness, hurt, pain, and unforgiveness. He says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. What is malice? It's when you desire to see somebody hurt. How do you know you're bitter? Because you're like, God, I forgive them, but if they trip and fall, it so wouldn't bother me. Don't y'all look at me with that tone of face. So, so what does God have to do? He says, let it be put away from you. See, bitterness is those little, see that little stuff that's sticking out right there? Yeah, see, it's small. Yeah, see, but the problem is, is that if you're not careful, that's what's going to penetrate the skin. So now your bitterness is going to cause you more pain. So now you're going to be more drunk off a of new bitterness because you never got free from the drunkenness of your previous bitterness. And so now you find yourself and all you are is a bitter woman, a bitter man. You don't even like good news. Good news, you shoot it down. Somebody come to you saying something good? <laughs> I wonder. Wonder what? Somebody says, let's do this. Well, here's five reasons we can't. Say, asinine has to go. Come on, y'all, we got to go. Bitterness has to go. Here's, here, here's, here's the last two. C, crazy confessions have to go. Your mouth. Wow. Your mouth. How many know that your mouth is a whole thing? Now somebody lost me all the technical people, all the bitter people like, what do you mean whole thing? Of course. It's a noun. It's a person, place, thing right there. Absolutely. What is he talking about? But you're bitter behind. Crazy confessions. Look at Proverbs 6.2. You are snared or trapped by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Which means your words will create a world that even you don't want to live in. And now you're wanting an escape from what you created with your words. So now you sat up and said, you can't trust nobody. Ain't nobody good. Ain't nobody. And so now you're sitting at home, mad, angry, because ain't nobody good. Can't trust nobody. And you've only met 20 people in your whole lifetime. 
It's 7 billion people on the planet. But you, your crazy confession has now locked you into a world that you cannot get out of. So at the top of this year, on the first Bible study of this year, Father, we cancel every negative and crazy confession that has come out of our mouth. And we declare, God, that you would remove it, that you would take away its fruitfulness, take away its productivity. Father, cut away crazy confessions. There's another one. Cut away crazy confessions right now in the name of Jesus. Does somebody next to you say he's cutting crazy confessions? Here's the last one. A, B, C, D. Distractions. All right. All right. Psalm 119 and 60. I made haste. I did not delay to keep your commandments. Most of our delay in taking action we need to take is because we are distracted. Question. Look at your day. In what you do during your day, how much of your day do you spend distracted looking at other people's days? It amazes me. There's this dude on TikTok. And he got six million followers. And all they do is eat. And I'm going to be honest, I thought it was a great idea. I said, I think I might eat too. <laughs> and so, so, so yesterday, this is just yesterday. Now, I was doing some research because I may want him to come do a master class. But anyway. Five minutes turned into 10. I was watching another man eat. As if I don't know how to eat myself. I was like, ooh, that looked good. I said, God, dog, you know that I don't eat after six. So, you know, I, you know it was, I was vicariously eating through him. So I'm supposed to be asleep. It's 12.30. God, dog, that ice cream look good. <laughs> Scrolling. Wow, that's an amazing pizza. 30 minutes it went by. And I said, if you don't shut this, it's really judgmental in this room. Because y'all, I spent 30 minutes. Some of y'all, you ain't got no work. You finna rush after church to go home to finish your work today because you didn't do nothing because you was looking at other people's lives all day. Distractions. How do I know something is a distraction? Because if I'm supposed to be focused on this and it pulls my attention to this, it is a distraction. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I declare in Jesus' name that I will be distraction-free in 2023. So pay attention. John 15 and 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Now, when this thing started out, it was a lot of stuff on it. Looking pretty bare now. But pay attention to what happens. When your life, you ready? If you don't shout, just shout. 
I ain't even going to threaten you with nothing tonight. Just come on, shout Wednesday. You ready? When your life looks like this and feels like this, it's because he's about to give you this. And I'm going to show you in the Bible. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Say, he cut asinine. He cut bitterness. He cut crazy confessions. He cut distractions. Everybody stand on your feet. Last two verses. In the building and no line. Joshua 5 and 12. No manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land. And it was never seen again. So from that day on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. Crops. Fruitfulness. Productivity. Now, I need you to make this declaration. Say, my manna days are over. Manna was the bread God fed them with that they can only keep for one day. And if they get they loaded up more than one day's worth, it would begin to rot and to spoil and maggots would begin to grow in it. Hear me. It represented them living from struggle to struggle, from day to day, from trauma to trauma, from drama to drama, from mess to mess. I want you to say this like that's not how you're living in 2023. Shout, my manna days are over. Look at verse 13. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, pay attention, he was close to what he was about to take. God cut him, and they cut the people, watch me, to where there's not much. He literally, he circumcised them, he, he pruned them, he cut away. So now he gets close to Jericho. He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. Okay, you missed it. So I'm going to run it back. When your life looks like this, God, you cut this, you cut that, you cut this. God, that was a really fun eight days. I thought that relationship was going to last. I got the Holy Ghost. It was a fun eight days, God. And God is like, no. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, this was going to be what they were about to take conquest of. The Bible says he looked up. <laughs> Pay attention. Because he wasn't distracted. Because he wasn't speaking crazy confessions. Because he wasn't bitter. Because he, the asinine was gone. He looks up and he's standing in front of him. There's a man with a what? With a sword. Verse 14. I am the commander of the Lord's army. Which means after God cut him, he sent an angel. And what city were they next to? Jericho. And what did he bring with him? An army. So he cut them so that they were able to come. And after he cut them, they conquered. Come on, Wednesday, I need you to lift your hands like you're grateful for the pruning. Like you're grateful for the cutting. Like you're grateful for what God pulls and snatches off of you. God, we are grateful for the pruning. We're grateful for the cutting. We tell you, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because you're sending the armies of the Lord so that we can conquer what's ahead of us. And they took down Jericho after you cut them. And they took down Jericho after... And you're about to take 
down debt. Why? Because he cut you. And you're about to take down depression. Why? Because he cut you. And you're about to take down every generational curse. Why? Because he He cut them so that they could conquer. <laughs> Once you pay attention, go back to the last verse. One before that. God says, I'm going to get you right next to it. But you cannot go into it until I, until I, thank you, thank you, until I cut you. So every person where your life feels like this, can I tell you what next is for you? This. every person that feels like oh my god the friends I thought the relationships I thought this I thought where is it all at if your life feels like this that means God's about to give you this watch me and this he's going to give you a sword and you're going to be fruitful and productive now for the next 23 seconds I need you to worship the God that's about to make you conquer go 23 22 come on Facebook come on YouTube 20 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, raise it y'all, 5, 4, 3, 2, yeah. Come on, open up your mouth and say, something amazing is about to happen in my life. He cut me so I could conquer. He let me bleed a little so I could live better. He took lesser away so that greater could stay. We got to go. Stand with me in the building and online. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're... Not a Christian today. Today's your day. The first thing we got to cut off for you is your lack of relationship with the Lord. Secondly, if you've given your life to the Lord but you've not been faithful to him, this is your day. Thirdly, if you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand, but I want to be sure. But I want to be sure that this is you today in this building online. This is your moment. Don't miss your moment. Can you become a Christian? Recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. On three, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up in the building. Online, I'm going to ask you to do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. You ready? Don't miss your moment. Father, I pray that nothing interrupt, block, or stop people from responding to you tonight. One, Lord, draw your people. Black, white, tall, short, young, not as young as they used to be, whatever their race, whatever their background, everybody is included. Nobody is excluded. One, two, three, if that's you. Hands up in this building. Online, do that hand with emoji. Or you just type the words, it's me in the comments. Everybody, everywhere. Everybody, everywhere. Everybody, pray this with me. Say, Father. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, 
Bible says you're saved. It's a party going on in heaven. Michael and them dancing, Gabriel and them dancing. They doing the Dougie, all kind of stuff <laughs> to celebrate you. Um, I need you to scan that QR code or text the word harvest to five, five. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you and our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah. Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.